In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing lockouts and lockdowns. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, Shut Out, Shut In. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible. This is Nehemiah 7, verse 3a, and it reads like this. And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them. So that's what we're going to be discussing today about lockouts and lockdowns. In this in particular case, Nehemiah was doing a lockout because they knew they were surrounded by enemy. And so you'll remember last week, um, we were talking about the Burnett uh, Chapel shooting. And that shooting is where um, the bad guy basically waited out in the parking lot until the church lit out. So he killed one person, then goes inside the church and um, shoots at some more people. Uh, you, You can go back to last week's program to get those details. But the takeaway from that was, you know, things like getting out into that parking lot and patrolling it at least 10 to 15 minutes prior to the end of service to look for that potential ambush. We also talked about random patrols, you know, getting out there, you know, walking the grounds around the building through the parking lot at random times during the service to keep an eye out. And then if you have the resources, you know, monitoring the exterior of the building, especially the parking lot with any sort of camera system. Well, this last week I was contacted by Bob Chauncey and he re- he's another expert in church security. And uh, he reminded me that the gold standard still remains having somebody outside the whole time. That you're patrolling that parking lot and the grounds the whole time. There is no break. There's no reason to get out there 15 minutes early or have random patrols. You're just always out there. You're always looking. And of course, he's absolutely correct. I think in my, from my point of view, I'm from Minnesota and I used to live in Alabama for a period. And I just think about how unfriendly the weather can get up here and down there. And so in my, uh, I guess I was being kind, at least unconsciously, you know, you're asking people to be out there. So make sure if you're going to be trying to, if you're reaching for that gold standard, that you're paying attention to the weather and you have some sort of rotation. Because if it's extremely cold, like it can be up here, or extremely hot, like it can be down in Alabama, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you're watching out for your guys and they're being taken care of. Now, Wesley starts his article by telling us a story, and, or, you know, it's real short, but I'm just going to kind of repeat it here for you. So this is Perth, Scotland in 1437. Um, Kathleen Douglas tried to save James II, King of Scotland, from a mob. The lock bar for the door um, was missing, so she used her arm. And, of course, we can all guess what happened. Her arm broke, and the king was killed anyway. And so this was kind of one of those impossible situations because... They didn't have the lock bar available, and who knows if that was part of the sabotage of the bad guys prior or what happened. 
it was negligence to making sure that they could bar those doors that those doors shut and a lot of our churches are kind of guilty of the same thing you know because we want that warm wel- welcoming at you know atmosphere um, we like it where our doors are unlocked but unfortunately that allows for the bad guys to easily come in you know um, I've told some if you've been with me for a while I told you about how in a previous church we were always going back and forth between having a good safety posture which we'll talk about versus having the doors just completely unlocked and this in particular church had two different banks of six set of doors okay so you can just imagine very open lots of doors now these doors had a push bar on them they were glass they had a push bar on them to get them out but to unlock the door you put push the push bar in and use a key to lock it in an open position and one of the things that that did is that put the safety team in an impossible situation of going into a lockout so 75% of all attacks start out in the parking lot and now you have to have somebody or somebody's members of your team running in front of these glass windows using a key fine motor skill to lock all these doors meanwhile they're potentially under fire and they have so many doors to do so fast that it's an impossible task and so that's why I kind of feel like we have to talk about this today of how we can prepare ourselves prepare our churches for a violent intruder but before I continue on I just want to encourage you to share this program with everybody on your team and then go into the description below click on the weekly show notes get a copy of those and then the next time you see them bring up have this conversation they watch the program you watch the program now let's discuss um, what you learned here or what your takeaways can be for your church so let's start in the news this is uh, Yakima Washington April 16th uh, 2022 a Saturday evening service was in session when police officers came in and told the church to lock down a man with a warrant for three charges to include firearms um, charges was fleeing police after they spotted him in the area uh, he was later wounded in a shootout with officers so here's just an example that can happen to any of our churches at any time you could have law enforcement come in or contact you and say you need to go into lockout because you know there are bad guys in the area there's a bad guy in the area and we don't want them to end up in your service or in your church and at the same time here here's a guy who later had a shootout police with police if he would have been able to get into that church don't you think that would have been a hostage situation don't you think that he could and would use violence against your congregation so that's just a good example we have to be ready for that kind of thing should we ever get you know should the police ever contact us and tell us to lock things down all right next one Palm Beach Gardens Florida December 17th 2019 on a Tuesday morning someone spotted a suspicious person in camouflage in front of the church and at school and called 911 police contacted the school and the church and have them both go into lockout um, after a thorough search of the area the church and school were given an all clear so <clears throat> here's initiated by the people at the school or at the church you see something suspicious you know why why take an unnecessary chance go ahead and go in to a lockout 
because things can, for the most part, on a soft lockout, continue as normal. Next one was last week's discussion of Antioch, Tennessee, September 24th, 2017. This is that uh, Burnett Chapel Church of Christ shooting. Um, one of the children heard gunfire, and we talked about this last week, heard gunfire and put his classroom into lockout, uh, lockdown because he was trained. He was ready, you know, probably a little bit brave too to be able to go through that process. And, and so it's just another example of training meaning something. And even a 10-year-old little boy can learn how to do a lockdown. All right, Dotham, Alabama, March 26, 2021. While a youth event was happening at a large church, a shooting victim was reported in the parking lot. Police contacted church security who, who called a lockout. Um, it turned out that the victim had been shot in both feet in a suspected road rage incident several blocks away. Uh, shots fired through into a car went through that and into a third vehicle where it hit the poor victim who had nothing to do with anything. Um, and they were taken to the hospital. Uh, first to the church and um, then to the hospital. But once again, suspicious situation. We have no idea, right? You know, hey, there's somebody out in the parking lot who's been shot. You know, <laughs> what does that tell you? Let's go into a lockout. Now we can respond out there with med gear and or being alert to whatever's going on. I mean, it could be the beginning of an active shooter event. You can go into that lockout. So let's get into the practical stuff. And now we've talked about this before. We have a previous program called Strength in the Gates and we talk specifically about doors and windows and how we can make them more robust. But in brief here is this, is you really need to take a look at your facilities and realize that those doors, right? So if you talk about um, circles of security or areas of security, you know, the first is the people outside paying attention. In the military, it's kind of like having um, op, you know, OP sites where you're, you're paying attention, you're waiting for the bad guys to come, and then you call back to the main base or the main area to let them know, hey, the bad guys are here. <clears throat> That's what your exterior team is doing outside. Then that second level of defense, that next level of defense, is those doors. So they need to be strong. They need to have good locking mechanisms. And they need to be lockable in a way that makes sense. Because obviously time is of the essence sometimes in these situations, oftentimes in these situations. So let's go over a couple terms real quick. Is first one I want to talk about lockout. So a lockout is essentially all of the exterior doors and windows being shut and locked. And the idea is, is that the threat is outside the building trying to get in. So when we look at our buildings and we're thinking about how we would conduct a lockout, you have to evaluate those doors and windows. And then you also have to evaluate those locking mechanisms and how fast can we get them locked. If you're in a situation like I was in that previous church, a lockout to lock all of those doors, so it turns out to be 12 individual doors where I would have had to insert a key and turn it so the, the breaker bar would release and the door would be locked. Well, 
that that's too much that would be insane right especially since those were glass windows and meanwhile I'm under fire as I'm trying to lock out that's the same kind of thing you have to be thinking of okay here are these exterior doors these are the manner in which they would have to be locked what's reasonable for us to be able to do quickly and then from there that kind of that kind of feeds into your safety posture if you determine that these doors are just unlockable and with fine motor or requires fine motor skills while you're under fire you know those kind of things you have to think about how can we keep these doors or is it possible to keep these doors locked at all times now to me the gold standard is all exterior doors are locked at all times now as far as that before service during service after service you can have either a safety personnel or door greeter working that door. So they open up the door for people or they hold the door open for people and welcome them there and all that good stuff. And then if something bad happens, all you have to do is get out of the way of the door and hopefully your door has some sort of me mechanism that pulls it closed, most doors do. And then boom, you get out of the way of the door, the door shuts, it's already locked and you're done. So to me, that's the gold standard. But I imagine some of you are gonna have the same situation I have where they're gonna to wanna to leave like maybe the main doors will remain unlocked. Well, if that's the case, you definitely have to have a team member stationed there and then they have to have a reasonable plan for locking those doors in a hurry. But then at the same time, I would argue if they're standing there, could they just open the door for people and leave it locked anyway? But these are the kind of conversations you're probably going to have with your church leadership. And uh, you're going to have to argue all those points. One of the things I wish I would have done, and this is retrospect, and I actually just thought about it this morning when I was reading through the script here, or reading through this article, was one of the things I, have, I, I should have done is this, is I should have gotten one of our paintball guns and brought the team together, practiced our lockout based on the, the lack of safety posture they wanted us to do, and then have them observe us trying to lock that lar those large banks of doors. Meanwhile, have that guy approaching that front door just shooting paint all over those glass windows, which we, of course, we would have had to clean up. But what a great illustration for them to see and say, hey, all those bullets, all those paint balls, would have been bullets going through the glass and you could see how this guy would have been, you know, our team member would have been killed. And you'd also probably see that depending on how fast the killer was moving, you would net, they, there would still be doors unlocked by the time they got to them. And what a great illustration that would have made. But, you know, hindsight is 50, or whatever, 2020. So anyway, all right. So that's, that's the lockout, being prepared um, looking at your doors, your locks, practicing whatever it is that you end up with, practice with what you have. And if that means doors still need to be locked, then you need to practice that. And who's going to be in charge of that? Who's going to have that responsibility and figure that stuff out? And then also to what is your safety posture look like? Because maybe that lockout plan just isn't realistic. And that's where that drill kind of comes in. As you practice, you run that drill, it'd be like, it can't be done this way. And then maybe learn from me and say, okay, we have to show the leaders this and just invite them and say, this is the problem we're facing. 
And if you can make it, you know, with paintball or whatever, just realize you have to clean up what you shoot. And you can illustrate that for them. Hopefully, then you'll be able to convince them. The next one is lockdown. Now, lockdown is probably the most um, <clears throat> well understood one. It's the most common term. And a lot of times we think of it, or at least we started to first hear about it at schools. And, so, and then later at our job and all that kind of stuff. And so this is when all the rooms are locked and the lights are turned off, uh, shades are pulled over windows, um, anything that makes sound is turned off or silenced and people hide around a room. This is kind of the same thing. Once again, those doors are your primary, uh, are your next level of security. Or for that room, it's their first level of security, right? So the doors need to be strong. They have to have good locking mechanisms. And we have to look at what must be done to put that room into lockdown. If that means going out into the hallway with a key trying to lock the door, that's not going to work. We know of people that have been killed that way. And so that's why they're changing the kind of handles they use. That's just too much. A lot of schools now just leave those doors, so this is their safety posture, they leave those doors locked at all times. Now they might use one of those little wedges to keep the door open, or they might have one of those little kickstand door, you know, to hold the door open. Some have magnets, some have little strips that they put over um, the, you know, where the latch goes. Um, there's a lot of different solutions out there, but once again, what it comes down to is this is you have to look what it does it take. Now one of the things I, I don't like about the little magnetic strips is those are pretty good magnets and they cover the, you know, the latching mechanism, but they're actually kind of hard to pull off and it feels to me like it'd be a fine motor skill. I've seen other ones where they have just mag large magnets that kind of work as a door stop. That's a little bit better for getting your fingers on there and pulling it off, but once again, you have to think about it and actually practice it. And then make and then make adjustments. So you know, tr don't try to spend a whole lot of money on the front end for a bunch of little magnets or magnet strips and and all that kind of stuff. You know, order one thing at a time and see what it actually looks like. And how easy is that to train a ten-year-old kid or the adult that's running that room? Or is it something that they can do and they can handle? And just you got to think about the worst-case scenario here. So they have seconds. One of the things I like and I recommend is, as some of you know, doors will have those little kickstands, right? So they fold down and they hold the door open while the mechanism's trying to pull it shut. That little kickstand is holding it open. Well, they build those with springs. And so any pressure on the door causes the spring to retract that little, that little kickstand and just clicks right up. I think those are excellent because you can prop doors open. You know, it'd be better if they were shut all the time. I get that. But functionally, practically, it's probably not going to happen. So put those on the doors. Let them have that door propped open, you know, if there's lots of people coming and going or it's before class or whatever it is. But then all it takes to get that door into lockdown because it's locked already is you push the, you kind of hit the door a little bit so the kickstand kicks up and and shuts and you're good to go. So lockouts, be prepared. 
practice it. That's what it really comes down to. You know, if, if you've been part of our training in the past and we talk about all these different kind of things, you know, going into lockdowns, going into lockouts, um, you know, how civilians should respond beyond that as far as run, hide, fight. We talk about how the team might tactically respond to an active killer and we discuss all those kind of things. But one of the things I say in this course, but now you have to do it. Now you have to do it. And that's where the real learning occurs. So take this information, have your, like I said before, let your team, you know, have your team, um, you know, watch this program or listen to this program, get that printout, and then have a discussion. And really examine each and every room, really examine each and every exterior door and say, what do we have to do to lock this baby so we can be a little bit safer? And that's gonna change that's going, to, that's going to completely write your emergency action plan and help you discover what a good safety posture for your church is. So thank you so much. Um, before I let you go, um, I do want to let you guys know about a couple of new things that we're adding to our individual safety team member, um, uh, say, the, our in, individual safety member certification and our team safety member certification programs. And what it is is this. We're going to start adding what we're going to call office hours. So basically two Saturdays every single month, um, I'm going to be online and available to talk with you guys, with alumni and active students, about safety and security, about our training materials, and about what other thoughts, ideas, concerns you know that you have going on at your church. It's really just meant to be a very less formal. I'm not going to be teaching. There may not be a necessarily a, a subject at hand. Um, it's not that at all. It's about us getting together and just talking with one another with whatever we want to talk about. The other thing is, and I kind of already hinted to that, is we're, we're creating an alumni association. Basically, if you've been certified with us, um, you can become part of our alumni. And what that we're going to do is we're going to put you in connection with other people that are also alumni from your state. So that way, if you're facing a problem or you have a, a state um, require, you know, restriction or requirement or those kind of things, you can kind of collaborate on those things, either give each other solutions or, or work together to fix a problem or whatever the deal is. So that's ba the basic idea. We're starting an alumni association, and we're going to be starting these uh, office hours, open discussion times, um, like I said, two Saturdays a month. So thank you so much for being here. Like, comment, share. Let's get this video out there, at least to our teams. Let's talk about it. Let's learn. And uh, thank you so much. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.